Episode 8 of the Dogs of War podcast is brought to you by Zabo Apparel Company, a Cleveland-based, veteran-owned apparel company providing you with some of the best Cleveland sports gear out there. You can't go to a Browns game and not see their shirts. They're everywhere. Check them out online, szaboapparel.com, and subscribe and rate the podcast Dogs of War on Spotify and iTunes. Buckle up. Here we go. 18 seconds left, he's got the snap, back to pass, up in the pocket, shooting it long and deep, and it's picked off, they got it, Terrence Mitchell's got it, and it's all over here now, they can't take it away anymore, 11 seconds left to go, Mitchell takes the football, he's going to run it down to the best fans, the most patient fans in the league, right to the dog pound, up and in he goes. Mike check, Mike check, one two, one two. Live, live. Whose mics are hot? Alrighty, welcome to episode eight of the Dogs of War podcast, the Ocho. Got an exciting show for you this evening, and the first one from my apartment this time. Yes, we are now in Kevin's apartment. Kate asked for a breather, and ask, and Queen Bee will receive. I think seven straight episodes when Kate is trying to do live her own life, and we're sitting there in the living room. Screaming about the Browns. She's definitely earned a little alone time. Yeah. Shout out, Kate. Shout out, roommate. I have no roommate. You don't have a roommate? I have no roommates here. No. It's me. I literally thought that's why we did everything in my apartment until this point. No. It's, it's a bro cave. Why are we not here every time? You tell me. I guess we're going to be recording. This is our new studio moving forward. Well, I happen to like recording in my apartment. Or we can do yours too. I don't care. All right. We'll, uh, we'll discuss. We'll talk that. offline. We'll have the custody case after this. Deal. Um, before we begin, exciting stuff happened this weekend, namely in the ways of Angry Browns fan and the Dogs of War podcast. A loyal Dog of War, Jordan Winnett, reached out to me, slid into my DMs. He and his Ooh. brother, Sam... Wait, it's not Jordan, it's Josh. Josh Winnett, my bad. Shout out. He and his brother Sam go to school in Georgia where college game day was, and the night before they put up a sign that said, follow Angry Browns fans and subscribe to the Dogs of War podcast, and then they put it up at college game day. They asked for my blessing, and I said, well, of course you have my blessing. And then they got on ESPN. So I had a little bit of a late night Friday night, um... You know, my, my weekly Bible study just went way too late, so I was <laughs> sleeping in a little later than usual on Saturday morning, and I woke up to like six texts from you with a picture of a sign on game day behind all the hosts saying, follow Angry Browns fans and subscribe to the Dogs of War podcast. Top five greatest moments of my life. I almost fell out of my bed, so shout out to those guys. That's awesome. Um, really appreciate it. Got to get you guys on the podcast at some time. Speaking of out-of-town fans, guess what this it, – it clearly was a result of this. Guess what this led to? Shout-out to our international fans. As of tonight, as the recording, we are currently number 34 on the Lebanon Sports Podcast charts. Let's go. Shout-out to all the Lebanese fans. Please, God, if you're over there and you're a Browns fan in Lebanon, you have to reach out to us. You have to come on this podcast and talk about what it's like to be a Browns fan in Lebanon. Slide in the DMs. We will get a translator. Whatever. Yeah, if you don't, I mean, it's not a, if it's a language barrier, if you're an expat out there, 
please come on this podcast and talk to us about watching the Browns in Lebanon. I am so excited at the concept of a Lebanese backers bar. We can set that up too. Moving on to a slightly grimmer topic. Let's talk about the game. The good thing about recording this a few days after the game is that by now, all the hot takes have simmered down. If we would have recorded this on Sunday night, I would have been in a completely different mood. Yeah, I'm throwing a lot of hot takes out there. The takes have all been said. I think everyone's kind of over it now. What do you got? I'm feeling good, meaning it hurt when it happened, but then Monday came along. You're not feeling much better. But then you start thinking, guess what? Every other team in the AFC North lost that week. The AFC North is a dumpster fire right now. Well, that's good because we need all the help we can get. I can't even dance on the Steelers' graves because we've beat them like twice in the past 50 years. Yeah, Big Ben is like 26-2-1. But when is the last time the Steelers have started out 0-3? I don't know, but I'm digging it. And how about the next... Monday night game is or Sunday night game. No, Monday night is uh, Bengals versus Steelers. Perfect. I hope they tie. That's going to be an incredible game. I know both fan bases are just absolutely thrilled for the nation to watch their team. As we were in Cleveland, first Sunday night game since 2008. I thought it was 2007, but I'm not here to split hairs. 2008, I saw all those different pictures of this is what was going on in 2008. Like George Bush was still president. The iPhone just came out or wasn't out. So pretty incredible that it's been that long. Obviously, zero surprise we've been on since then. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, didn't come out with a W there. No, but you know what? They're going against the NFC reigning champions. And uh, considering our entire secondary, our entire defensive unit was essentially hurt, That could have been a whole hell of a lot worse. Way too many starters out. The entire secondary, as you said, we had all backups in for that game. I was horrified for a few things. Number one was that. The fact that we put a defense together um, using nothing but scotch tape, you know, two days before the game was horrifying. But they came out and blew everyone they look badass. That was unbelievable. I thought I was so scared of, you know, losing some of our, our best players. You know, Ward out. Uh, Greedy. Greedy was out. Randall. Randall's still out. He came back to practice today, though. I believe I saw him post on Twitter, Instagram. So, Kirk- thank God. Kirksey's out. Kirksey's still out. So, that was awesome. And the defense just shined, especially. Megan Schobert's husband. Megan Schobert's husband, Joe, who is the Dogs of War podcast player of the game. Yep. I don't know how many tackles he had. It was like six combined, but he had a badass fumble recovery that he almost took to the house, and he caused an interception by tipping the ball downfield. One of our safeties or somebody else in the secondary made the interception, and it was a game changer. It put us in the position to win. Unfortunately, we couldn't really close out, but either way, the defense looked lights out. Another sack for Miles Garrett. And a forced fumble by Miles Garrett. That's the one Joe recovered. Nothing but great things to say about the defense. They really held it down. The offense, on the other hand, is still trying to figure out what the hell they're doing. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I will say, though, and as hot as I was on Sunday night, we are three games into the season. Freddie is three games into his reign as head coach. I don't have a sample size large enough to start condemning anything yet. One thing I was very excited to see was uh, it was reported right after the game that as Jarvis exited the locker room, 
he stopped and grabbed Freddie and said, this is still going to be a, quote, hell of a team. And then Kitchen looked at him and promised that, you know, he'd put Landry in a better spot to make plays next week and just to forget everything else. Um, all the players came out and, you know, in their post-game pressers and their Monday pressers, everyone is still in pretty high spirits. Everyone is recognizing that this is a long, long process. And once again, we took some humble pie because for the people that thought we were going to come out and be 13-3 and or 12-4, and Odell Beckham said, we're still trying to figure this out. We're getting there. It's a slow process. And it is. So we got to take it for what it is, keep taking it week by week, but I'm not worried yet. Overall, we kept the reigning NFC champs, they were in a Super Bowl last year, to a close game. We had a chance to tie it up and go into overtime. I don't even want to talk more about the last few plays of that game, the last series. Yeah, we've already had a thousand debates on Twitter, and I'm us by mean all the fans, all the analysts, everyone on ESPN. Chubb should have ran the ball. Freddie said it. Everyone said it. It's done. It's over with. It didn't happen. We lost by one touchdown. A lot of people thought we were going to get blown out of the water. Cleveland was rocking. It's our first Sunday night game in a long time. I am trying my hardest to be as optimistic and glass half full as possible here. I sound like a homer. That's my job. We're moving on. We're on to the Ravens. To brighten our spirits, I put together a production, to something to rally behind, if you will. I call it the Cleveland Wind. Kevin, play it. Here we go. The Cleveland Wind is a baker, blustering in from sea with a rollicking song. He sweeps along, feeling dangerously. His face is weather-beaten. He wears a hooded sash with an orange bandana about his head and a superfly mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. And the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The Cleveland wind is a baker pillaging just for fun he'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won For any Oakland fans that may be listening, don't get upset. We just borrowed your theme song and applied it to the Cleveland Browns. It's a thing of respect. We're not stealing it. We're not keeping it forever. We are very similar in our fan bases. We are two very animalistic fan bases. Let's just keep it 100. Yeah, it's a badass anthem, and I'm borrowing it. Sorry, not sorry. What would you think, Kevin? I'm inspired by it. I liked it. It was a work of art. Great work. Didn't even know you were doing that, (laughs) so I appreciate that. Nice. Uh, let's head on into the Muni Lot payphone. Cue it up. Here we go. Leave a message. Leave a message. If you don't wear brown or orange, you don't matter. Let's not forget who said that. Any person who is vocally against Freddie Kitchens after three games deserves to be shot and thrown off the bandwagon. Are you kidding me? This man is our head coach. He is my head coach. I will stand firm with him 
Or you are against us. That is the whole Browns. Hey, Dogs of War, you guys are pretty cool. You're all right in my book. Browns fell short this week, but they're going to they're gonna regroup and they're going to kick ass next week. Go Browns. Yeah, so the Browns, they're a good team. All right, so, you know, two losses, that's not good. However, they do have a bit of a winnable schedule. It's not a, tough, it's not a huge, huge, hard schedule. They just have to regroup. They played very well this weekend. And just remember that the Ravens, they can't – they have a running back as a quarterback. If you make him throw, Denzel Ward's going to pick him off like four times. All right, go Browns. As always, thank you for everyone who calls in with the voicemails. We truly appreciate it. To put one final bow on this game, a couple things I'm very, very happy about. One, Aaron Donald did not kill Baker. Thank God. That is what I was, I think, the most scared about is he's the best player in the NFL. He's an absolute monster. I was so afraid of him touching Baker. Baker got smacked around a good bit. Our O-line needs to figure something out or we need to start saying some more prayers before these games because we got to get him a little more help back there, more than a second to throw the ball. Yeah, we don't want that bad boy hurt. He is a franchise quarterback. We're on to the Ravens. I'm not going to lie. I'm scared for this game. I'm actually pretty pumped for it. I I'm think excited it's be- for it. I'm pumped. I can't wait to see what we do against this offense or what our defense is against Lamar, but – be crazy if I said I wasn't uh, a little nervous for it. But since our reverse psychology did not work last week where we tried to flip what we did for the Tennessee game in predictions, let's do a prediction now. What do you think for Sunday? Are, are we going extreme homer prediction or reverse psychology or conservative? Like let's actually? just go realistic. Ooh, um, I'm going to go Browns 24, Baltimore 17. I am going to go... Browns, 17, Ravens, 13. Yes, conservative, defensive game. Let's go. One more thing I want to throw in there. No matter what your opinions are, your feelings are on this game from Sunday, my favorite stat of everything that came out was the bookmaker William Hill took a $506,000 bet on Cleveland plus 3.5 on Sunday. So that lady or gentleman that placed that bet, you are in our thoughts and prayers. My Why? best goes out to you and your family. I don't even know him, and I'm anxious now. That's a lot of money to place on the Browns. There's a lot of money to place on any team. So T's and P's, our best to you. Let's talk about our interview coming up now. So last night I interviewed Brandon Zingali. For those of you who don't know him, he is a Vine legend that's transferred his following from Vine to the Instagram machine to Twitter. He is a comedian. Dude is the man. He is a Cleveland local. For those of you that don't know what Vine is, it was an app that started about six years ago. Six second videos. There were various sensations that grew from it. Logan Paul and his brother. Logan Paul's brother. You've heard of him. If you don't know what the Vine app is, mom, look it up. Here we go. All right, without further ado, I am here with Brandon Zingali, Vine star, Cleveland native, diehard Browns fan. Brandon, how are we doing today? Good, good, good. I appreciate you having me. Well, we appreciate you coming on tonight. So, Brandon, can you give us the beginning? When did you start building your social media empire? How did you get into Vine? 
I started right around when the app was released. So probably three months within it uh, being released. And um, I always knew I wanted to do something with video, something with comedy. And um, at first I didn't want to put much effort into it. So I thought, hey, a six second uh, video platform that works perfectly for me. <laughs> so, uh, so I started creating some comedic content, I guess, if you will, and um, had a few characters that I created. Uh, one of my main characters that blew me up was uh, California Carl. Philosophy with California Carl was uh, it was pretty stupid, but uh, people seemed to enjoy it. So um, that's kind of how I took off. And then um, when the when the Vine app died, RIP, uh, kind of transferred, cross promoted my uh, following over to Instagram. So well, you got four hundred and fifty thousand of those followers. So you did something yeah. right. Yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah, it's awesome. And uh, as you were answering that question, I realized. This is something that I struggle with when people ask what I do. I'm trying to describe what I do as being funny in a structured manner. And I feel like a tool every time I do it. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to like, bring that out. Well, yeah. yeah, I'm just saying I get that struggle and I'll probably cut that awkward ass question or comment out from this, but it is what it is. Brandon, do you have any advice for a young aspiring Browns fan? that's thinking about getting into comedy. I'm sure there's some listening. I would say, honestly, just be yourself. Look at what's relevant and don't look at what other people are doing. If you're yourself and you believe in yourself, I mean, you can get anywhere. Absolutely. Fly your flag. See who salutes. PSA. Absolutely. Absolutely. All righty. And how long have you been a Browns fan? You were born into it. You're a Cleveland boy, born and raised. Yeah, yeah so born and raised right out the womb. <laughs> you were born into the sadness, molded by it. Yes, so. Not as long as many, but um, long enough to, to really, really feel bad about myself. <laughs> now, do you ever tie the Cleveland Browns into your routines, into your postings? Yeah, so um, every now and then, whether I'm at the game or at the tailgate, I'll throw some stuff in there. Sometimes I create some Photoshop. If you look uh, a little deeper on my Instagram feed, you'll see a, a picture of me uh, hired as the kicker. I know it, uh, we we had some problems with Zane Gonzalez in the past, so I pretty much came in and was, uh, I think, like a 20-foot kicker. So I, I went from one side of the goalpost to the other and uh, would block every kick if they actually did uh, sign me. So, Well, Austin Siebert has made that joke obsolete. The kid hasn't missed anything except for, uh, I guess, that first extra point he kicked. But since then, he's been lights out. So it's definitely an upgrade for us, I would say. Yeah. What is your most passionate or insane Cleveland Browns memory that you've had as a fan? Something that stuck out to you over the years? It's really hard because, I mean, they're, as far as a team winning standpoint, there's not much. But I would say the last Browns game that I was at was um, two weeks ago. Somebody behind me ended up puking on me, and oh. I look at my arm, and uh, this is more memorable than anything. Um, I look at my arm, and I just see something dripping down it, and I put my forearm to my face, and I smell it, and immediately just start having that puke face. I'm just I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. Luckily, there's uh, two people on the side of me who had waters, poured it down my back, poured it down my side. I look back, and the kid was already being taken out by his buddy. So, not only did I get I also had to sit through that Browns horrible loss against the Titans. So, so that was probably the most memorable thing that's happened to me, and it happened two weeks ago. So that story took a total one eighty. Somebody else in the stadium had a had a worse experience than me that night. 
Yeah, then, kind of like salt on your wound. Do you know what the score was during the time of the puking? Um, it was puker one, me zero. <laughs> That's. I think it was the it was the end of the third quarter, so I know we were we were down by a lot. At that yeah. Point. That's where things started falling apart for the boys. What was your expectations for the record this year? I know everybody was going in at 10 and 6. Um, I added one under uh, 9 and 7 just because, I mean, it is it is still fresh. Again, I mean, this is Kitchen's first actual year as a head coach. So, um, and he didn't look like Freddie Kitchen's yesterday, the Freddie Kitchen's we've seen in the past. So um, I'm still going to stick with that, I think, especially having – two games against Cincinnati and two games against Pittsburgh. I think these are, those are uh, for sure wins there. So, but we'll see what happens. I mean, I hope they prove me wrong and, and add a few more wins. I'm with you a hundred percent there. Well, I thought they were going to be like 13 and three and that <laughs> seems a little bit unlikely at this point. I, I mean, it's still so early. I mean, hopefully they they gel to, to the point where, okay, they're a playoff caliber team and, and then uh, we can keep continuing this for years to come. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you said that sticking by Freddie. Honestly, every time he's in the press conference, in my opinion, he says exactly what I want him to say. He doesn't make excuses and he's saying we're working on it. We're not yeah. done yet versus somebody throwing his own players under the bus or making excuses. But it seems like a lot of people yesterday on social media, at least in the comments section on our page, Mm-hmm. are saying that he should be canned i'm like no you guys he's trying to turn around the franchise it's been yeah, that's, historically that's, bad right that's just fans getting super emotional super early i mean the ex- expectations were super high and again it's so early that you can't can a guy after a few games especially i mean this young new talented offense once you get it together everything's gonna gonna fall in place i think yeah the defense looks sweet i love it brandon zingali is a vine legend and a Cleveland Browns loyalist. He stays true to the skipper until he gets fired. That's what I like to hear. Absolutely. So, Brandon, yesterday, what would you do for the game? Did you attend? No, I did not attend this one. I was afraid I was going to get puked on again. So, no, Yeah, no. <laughs> it'll, it'll take you a couple years to get over yeah. that. Uh, what would you do for it? Um, I just watched it at home. Yeah, I, I respect that. What, what are your thoughts on primetime games in general? Like yesterday, I was just sitting on pins and needles – until the kickoff and pretty much through the fourth quarter. And I'm just like, can we rip this Band-Aid off and get this bad boy over with? That's yeah. my personal opinion. And then yeah. on Monday nights, it's even worse. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it, from a Browns standpoint, I mean, for the players, again, with all, with all the expectations going on with this team this year and then throwing them into back-to-back primetime games, it, it can be a little tough for them, I assume. Yeah, granted, I've never been in the NFL, but that assumption sounds like it makes sense. Yeah, I know I'd be freaking out if that was me. So. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned uh, fantasy. How many leagues are you in? I'm in four this year. I'm usually in five. Yeah, the one league I care about, I put up 130 points, and Cooper Cup just went off on me, and it kind of added salt to the wound there. Yeah, those are the worst when, uh, especially when you're watching your team deteriorate <laughs> yeah. live on national TV. So. It just it just compounds the misery. What I keep saying to myself is, at the end of the day, we have John Dorsey, and he knows how to pick guys that can play the game of football. Absolutely. Whether it's this year, next year, I promise the future is bright. Stay by us. Dogs of War. That's the name of our loyal following. Yes, Dogs of War. Don't yeah. go anywhere. Yeah, it's also the name of the podcast. I don't know if you <laughs> looked at that. Dogs of War unite and, and we'll uh, we'll blow this thing up and 
that we're going to win years and years to come. Stay hopeful, Browns fans. It's coming. Do you have any experience in the podcast realm? Um, I actually did a live podcast at the Agora a couple of weeks ago, which was kind of odd. It was a, they, they had me on a dating podcast and I'm married, so I don't really understand why they got me. I think just being a Cleveland influencer and having the show here, but uh, <laughs> that was pretty fun. That was my first experience with podcasts overall and, and it was live. So anything else you want to say, anything you want to plug, what you got? It's called the bzmerch.com. I've got a, a few brown shirts on there and some other uh, comedy type of shirts. So. Oh, hell yeah. BZMerch.com? Yeah. Yeah. If, you, if the, the Browns fans want to check that out. And oh, I, for sure. I do requests too. So anything uh, anybody wants, I'll, I can create it for them. So. All righty, Dogs of War. Check out BZ Merch. That's Brandon Zingali's homepage. See what he's got to offer. Follow him on Instagram. He is fantastic. Vine, unfortunately, is done. But if it was around, I would say follow him on Vine. It's completely gone, right? Yeah, yeah, no more Vine. Yeah, sorry, too soon. Uh, BZ Merch, Brandon Zingali, thank you, sir. Raleigh, I appreciate you having me, brother. I appreciate it. And hey, anytime you guys, uh, any other podcasts, uh, feel free to reach out, and I'd be, be happy to join you again. Yeah, well, we're trying to defeat them. Those are our opponents. Oh, any, oh on our podcast? On your podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, only on our podcast. Exclusive yeah, yeah. rights. I'm sending you the, uh, the contract. Absolutely. <laughs> Sounds good, man. That's <laughs> awesome. I'm holding you to that. Thanks, brother. All right, have a good night. Thanks again, Brandon, for coming on. Dogs of War, check out his website. Check out his Instagram. He's a great follow. He's got, what, 500,000 followers or something like that? 450,000, but close enough. Way, way more than I do. Yes, significantly. That is all for episode eight of the Dogs of War podcast. Please subscribe and rate the podcast. Leave a comment if you're so willing on iTunes and Spotify. We're not going to rest until we are ranked number one in Lebanon. Lebanon and all countries. Uzbekistan, they're next. Let's go. International followers, domestic followers, we want them all. Tune in next week for episode nine. We'll get another interview. The usual shenanigans. We'll recap the Ravens game. Big game this Sunday. The battle for first place in the AFC North. Somehow, this division <laughs> is a dumpster fire. It's our dumpster fire. It is our dumpster fire. We'll be there regardless, as we always are. We'll see you next week. Good night, Cleveland. Cleveland.